get in here, if you're not taking advantage of blood pressure checks on the first Sunday of the month, you're missing a great opportunity. Just to let you know, I got my blood pressure checked today, and I am in pre-hypertension. I don't even know what that means, but it mean, means I need to calm down a little bit probably and need to watch that. So it's a great opportunity, even if you think you're really healthy, to find out. The next time we'll do that on Sunday morning is the first Sunday of the new year. Tonight is the annual cantata preview at the Assembly of God. Several choirs from area churches will be there, and uh, it's a great opportunity to come out, support a great cause, Dove. I think an offering is being taken to support Dove, and you'll hear some great choir music. And then this Wednesday night, uh, this is one of the really cool things that happens in our community that most people don't even know about. Anderson Ford, they close their dealership early, and from 5 to 8, they host the community for what they call the Festival of the Trees, uh, there are, I think, 25 different Christmas trees that will be lighted up. I was there earlier this week. It is just uh, beautiful, mystical, magical. I would encourage you to do that, and you will really be blessed by that. This Saturday's grab-and-go, and it's not too late for you to help. You can see Marsha Wise or Cody Monkman or myself. Still need a lot of people to help us out. And, and again, it's just a great opportunity to be a blessing to our community. Next Sunday morning, I'm asking all of you, to come, even if you don't normally come to the Bible school hour, come at 9.30 to the sanctuary for our annual Christmas choir cantata. You will be blessed by the music of Christmas. It'll be a wonderful time of worship. That's next Sunday at 9.30. Two weeks from today is Nativity Sunday. We're asking for 100 nativity scenes at a minimum. Now, one of our staff members, I won't tell you his name, but his initials are Kelly Riggs, he thought that I was wanting um, like big outside nativity scenes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the type of a nativity scene that would sit on an end table or something along those lines. We're going to need them Saturday night, the 20th, or early Sunday morning, the 21st. We have a wedding at FCC that Saturday, so we can't set them up ahead of time. But uh, we are hoping that many people from our community will be visiting that, that day. We have a mailer that's going out on Tuesday of this week that's going to go to every mailbox in DeWitt County. And we are really hoping that, excuse me as I slobber, we're really hoping that uh, we'll have a lot of visitors come out that day and, and see the nativity scenes and hear the message uh, of Jesus and the message of Christmas. Christmas Eve services, as we do every year at 5 and 7, and then one service Sunday on the 28th. We will have three different styles of worship that morning. It's going to be pretty cool. 815 worship, 11 o'clock worship, and junior church worship. This December, really we started November 30, all Christmas season, we're looking at a different theme of Christmas. And last week we started on the 30th by talking about hope. And this is an Advent wreath. And if you didn't grow up around the church or you didn't grow up really understanding what this symbolizes, th there are five candles up here. And each week we light another candle to symbolize a different theme of Christmas. So I'm going to light the small purple candle here. And this symbolizes hope. We studied that that last week. And today I'm going to light the second purple candle, and that's going to symbolize peace. And that's really where our study is going to be today. Next week we're looking at joy on the 21st, love. And then on Christmas Eve, Adam is actually going to be bringing the message on Christmas Eve, and he's going to talk about the difference that the birth of Jesus makes. So I want to start today by asking you a question, and I've given you an opportunity to fill in the blanks for that question. So think about this for just a moment. Where in the world is peace most needed this morning? As, as we gather this morning, and as you contemplate this question, where in the world is peace most needed? Think about that for just a moment. 
Probably won't be hard to come up with multiple answers if, if, you're really, uh, if you really put your thinking cap on, because we live in a world, we live in a time where there's just a lot of dissension. There's a lot of disagreement. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of protest. Last week, I, I talked extensively about what went down in Ferguson and kind of the ripple effect, and this week we could talk about what happened uh, in New York City and the ripple effect. The temptation is to think, yeah, that's New York, that's St. Louis, that, that's not really relevant for our world today. I'm a graduate of Champaign Centennial High School. They, they had an incident this week. They had a, a, a protest that was staged during their, their school day, and then it spilled out into the street in front of Centennial, and someone was just trying to drive by, and students smashed a window, and there's a police report, and people were afraid. That's Champaign, Central Illinois. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Is that reality or is that just a pipe dream? I think, unfortunately, in our world today, peace seems more like a pipe dream than an actual promise. And the temptation is during Christmas time to sing the songs about peace on earth and goodwill to men, to read the scriptures that talk about how Jesus will be the Prince of Peace and to say, that'd be great in another time. That'd be great in another day. But that's not reality for our world today. That's not reality for, for 2040. It's not reality for my life. See, some of you, when I ask the question, where is peace most needed? If you were really being honest, you might say at my house. Or you might reflect to a time when you were growing up and, and peace was never a part of your life growing up. There's a lot of yelling a lot of disagreement, a lot of hurt, and a lot of anger. I want you to understand this morning, first and foremost, that peace on earth, goodwill to men, the peace of God for you and for me, it is a promise you can take to the bank. And I want to start by looking at Micah, and then I want to tell you about the first Christmas carol, and I want to end in 2014 about how peace can be real for us. So let's dive in. And let's start with number one in the Old Testament, Micah the prophet prophesied the promise of peace through a ruler to come. Last week we looked at Isaiah and Jeremiah, and we looked at their world, and Isaiah lived during the time uh, of the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were dominating the world, and Jeremiah, his ministry was during the time of the Babylonians, and they were worse than the, the Assyrians. Micah actually had his ministry just prior to Isaiah's ministry. So this is during the time when the northern kingdom of Israel is about to be overrun by the Assyrians, and God's people are just clinging to, to every straw they, they, they possibly can grab a hold of. They know their days are numbered. They know they're on the clock, so to speak, and they're clinging for any uh, idea, any promise of hope, of peace, of goodwill that they can possibly grab a hold of. Now, Micah's prophecy, it's pretty intense at times. He really lets God's people have it. But snuggled in the middle of his prophecy in chapter 5 is one of the great Christmas passages in the Old Testament. And so I want to read for you four verses from Micah chapter 5. This is the words of the prophet. He says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, 
one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. A lot that we could dive into today. I want to just give you three nuggets from these four verses of Scripture that, that really help get us in the Christmas mood. And number one is this. The first thing the prophet says is that out of Bethlehem, this ruler will come. We've been going through the story at FCC in the first Sunday in November. That was the Sunday that all the women participated in the service. Great day. We looked at the story of Ruth. And we learned that day that at that point in time, during the period of the judges, Bethlehem, no big deal. Bethlehem was just a small, little, insignificant village. By the time the prophet Micah has his ministry, 740, 730 B.C., somewhere along those times, Bethlehem is kind of a big deal. And it's not just because of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz and that whole account, but out of Bethlehem rose up a, a youngest son, David of Jesse, and David went on to become the greatest king God's people had ever experienced. And when we ended the story on November 16, we studied David. And when we come back to the story on January 4, we're going to study David. But by the time Micah has his ministry, Bethlehem's a pretty big deal. David is a huge deal. Because the kings during the time of Micah, they're not very good kings. They're doing evil in the eyes of the Lord more than they're not. And the people long for the days of David. It'd be a little bit like us sitting back, and this is not a political statement, but just looking at a lot of our national leaders and just being frustrated with all of them and saying something along the lines of, wouldn't it be great if we could have George Washington? Or wouldn't it be great if we could have Abraham Lincoln? Or wouldn't it be great, and you just fill in the blank with your favorite president from the past? That'd be a little bit how God's people looked at this time. Wouldn't it be great? if we had another David? Wouldn't it be great if out of Bethlehem, tiny little Bethlehem, would rise up another great king? And Micah says, that day is coming. Out of Bethlehem, this ruler will come. Secondly, he says, this ruler, he's not just going to be an average ruler. He's not just going to be a good ruler. This ruler is going to reign in greatness. And listen to this description. This ruler will reign in the strength of the Lord. This ruler will reign in the majesty of the name of the Lord. Because of this ruler, all the people will live securely. And because of this ruler, his greatness will reach the ends of the earth. And if you're God's people, you're like, wow, that'd be awesome. But it's not really reality for their world today. The third thing that Micah says, and this is really the jumping off point for us today, this ruler, he will be their peace. God's people didn't know a lot about peace. For hundreds of years, it was one battle after another battle after another battle. Sometimes it was an in-house battle, i.e. a civil war. Sometimes it was an oppressing nation, the Assyrians. But Micah says, hang in there. 
there's a ruler coming. He's going to come out of Bethlehem. His greatness is going to be obvious for everyone to see, but get this, he will be your peace. And that's the prophecy. I want to jump ahead to first century A.D. and the Gospel of Luke. We have the birth of Jesus unfold in the first couple verses of Luke chapter 2. And following that, we see the very first Christmas carol. And the very first Christmas carol, it is sung by the angels following the birth of Jesus. And here's what it sounds like. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. It says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Three things. Theology from this very first Christmas carol. Number one, the greatness of God. Glory to God in the highest. It's just like Micah. It's just like the prophecy of Micah chapter 5. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is a great God. Dare I say, if you're a follower of Jesus, a takeaway from this message today is we can't celebrate Christmas without acknowledging the greatness of God. Our God is a great God. We focus a lot of times on the goodness of God, and we should, but right here we see the greatness of God. Secondly, peace is coming. Peace on earth. Now, it's a different time, first century A.D., but it's kind of the same type of a deal. The Assyrians are no more, the Babylonians are no more, but there's a superpower that's greater than either the Assyrians or the Babylonians, and it's the Romans. And the Romans were so big, and they were so bad, that no one messed with the Romans. Because they just kill you. They just destroy you. They just say enough is enough. So you went about your religion in a really safe kind of way. You didn't ever want to tick off Rome. And the angels are saying, because this baby was born in Bethlehem, there will be peace on earth. And then finally, he says, peace to those with whom the Lord is well pleased. I find it ironic that the angels are singing the very first Christmas carols not to the religious leaders of the day, not to the people in power during that. Who are they singing to? You know, the shepherds. And the shepherds, they're just average people. They're common laborers. In fact, most people would say that have really studied the behind the scenes that during the first century, there was really no honor in being a shepherd. That meant you probably couldn't find any other job. That meant you were a little backward socially. He said, what do you mean? Well, you spend all your time hanging out with sheep instead of hanging out with people. And you didn't clock out at 8 o'clock at night and it's time to go home. You slept with the sheep. I mean, how's that suit you? Probably not very well. And so the angel says to the low in society, the very common person, the backwards person, the socially awkward person. Peace on earth is coming to you whom the Lord is well pleased with. So what's all this have to do with us today? We've looked at a prophecy. It talked about peace. And we looked at the first Christmas carol. And it talked about peace. And what I want you to understand this morning is that in 2014, because of Jesus, because he was born in a manger, 
because he grew up and had a public ministry and died on the cross and on the third day rose again because of Jesus, you can have peace. And for some of you today, you hear me say that and you're saying, that's pipe dream stuff. That's not reality. You don't, you don't know my world. You, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know my situation. Every person that's gathered here today, if you've been around Jesus for a long time, if you've been around Jesus for a short time, if you've met, never even made a decision for Jesus, you can have peace today because of Jesus. This next structure is going to seem really simplistic. It's going to seem like Cody and Shelly came up with this for first grade Sunday school today. Don't get lost in the simplicity of it. There's incredible truth. And so here's how you can have peace. First and foremost, because of Jesus, you can have peace from your past. You can have peace from your past. For, for many people, we acknowledge that God can and has forgiven the sins that we've committed. We believe God's word is true, that God is faithful and he's just and he will forgive us and he'll purify us from all unrighteousness, but we can't forgive ourselves. When we look in the mirror, we don't like what we see because we think of 10 years ago or, or we remember 10 months ago or 10 days ago. And we close our eyes at night and we want to pretend that never happened. We, we can't let go. We can't forgive ourselves. In Psalm 103 is one of the great promises of Scripture related to sin. I love it. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed our transgressions from us. And so my prayer for some of you today is that you will begin that process of saying, yes, I know God has forgiven me. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to move on. I'm going to let go and let God. Is it a cliche? It is. That's chalked full of doctrinal truth. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far our transgressions have been removed from us. You can have peace from the past. Secondly, you can have peace in the present. You can have peace today. See, for some of us, it's not such a big deal. We've not really lived that prodigal life. We've not really went off the deep end necessarily, but we just look at our world today, and, and it's far from peace. There's a lot of dissension. There's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of dysfunction. And we barely, we barely made it to church today. And the idea of having peace today, that's the pipe dream. What, what do you mean, have peace today? You don't, know my, you don't know the situation I go through every Monday through Friday when I go to work. You don't know the situation I face when I go home at night and, and deal with a spouse that doesn't love Jesus. You don't know the situation we're going through at our home with prodigal children. You don't know the situation that's going to happen when we have the family gathering and the alcohol is going to be out of control and the police may end up getting called like last year or the year before. Peace today? Are you kidding me? That's the pipe dream. I love what Jesus said to his disciples. John 14 through 17 gives us a very intimate, intimate look at Jesus' heart yearnings for his disciples. 
And in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus wants to give you his peace. So maybe this year, maybe what you can do to bring peace to your world today is you can try to be a difference maker at work or at school, or in the classroom, or on the basketball court, or at the family gathering, or in the neighborhood. And when everyone else is ready to rumble, when everyone else is fired up, when everyone else is angry, you can be an ambassador, bringing the peace of God through Jesus Christ His Son. Paul said it like this in Philippians 4. He said, may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Paul says, I don't even understand the peace of God, but may the peace of God guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. May the peace of God guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will you be an ambassador of the peace of God in a world that's out of control? In a world that's got too much dissension and too much discouragement and too much worry and too much doubt, too much hate, too much anger, will you be an ambassador for the peace of God? Finally, you can have peace from your past. You can have peace in the present. You can have peace for the future. If you're here today and you've never made a decision for Jesus, I want to let you know what Paul said to the Romans, to the church at Rome of all places. Rome, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, he says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, not earned, but justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you say that with me? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's make it personal. I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, my challenge for the next several days of December leading up to Christmas is to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and remind yourself that you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you get ready to go to bed at night, remind yourself, I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when work gets tough or school gets tough or the family Christmas party gets just awful, I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Each week I'm going to leave you with some questions to consider. Not just a Sunday activity, not even just an activity for this week, but I, I've left three questions for you today. They're, they're in your bulletin that I want you to consider this Christmas season. Number one is this, are you at peace with God through Jesus? And if you're not, don't leave this church building today without making sure you are at peace with God through Jesus Christ. Don't settle for a pipe dream. I, I think it's tragic that, that every year hundreds of people visit churches during the Christmas season and they hear about hope and they hear about peace and they hear about joy and they hear about love and they hear about Jesus 
And it doesn't do anything for them. Big picture. Nothing changes. A tear might well up. They might laugh at a, at a skit. They might be really excited about a song that is performed. But nothing changes. And if that's you, if you're that person that's just doing the church thing and Jesus has never transformed your life, man, today's the day to say no more. I want peace with God through Jesus Christ. Second question, does your life reflect peace with God through Jesus? If you ask your best friend to describe what your life looks like, does your life reflect peace with God through Jesus? And then finally, who in your life needs the blessing of peace with God through Jesus? Maybe it is a coworker, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's someone that you've kind of lost connection with for whatever reason. Maybe it's someone that you're kind of alienated from. You used to be close and now you're not. Who needs the peace of God through Jesus? And what are you willing to do about it? My bottom line for you today is this. May the peace of Christ be yours today and forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us and caring for us. Thank you for the hope of peace.